Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Tyson, per usual. Here with Zoo and Peebush. How you guys doing? Doing all right, man. NBA series once again, kind of up and down game to game, but I know we don't talk about it, but I've been I've been enjoying uh, NHL playoffs these past mm. couple days with the uh, in-between. So, Zoo, I know it's out of your territory, but a little bit out of mind, it's exciting, man. A couple highlights. Watch a couple it's highlights. Exciting, Low man. key, I've been actually checking the scores, and they're all going to overtime. So yeah, they're all be like, good. Good it might be, yeah, it might be good, man, because some of these NBA games, I turned it off after the fourth quarter last game. Yeah, and your Ranger when... and, and the New York Rangers are in, man. You're oh, in yeah. town. No, that is true, man. Like when they're playing tonight. Yeah, like the NBA blowouts have been cr- going crazy. Like legit, that last game, three quarters, and it was over after that Jordan pulled tray ball. They pulled so, the benches, didn't they? Like yeah. the benches yeah. got like yeah. good playing time. Yeah. In a final, <laughs> you don't, you Doka, you Doka put in. D, whatever that Smith guy, knee man. Smith. Knee Smith. That's the white flag right there. That's yeah. the white flag. Guy plays zero minutes. Put that guy in. I'm like, okay, why am I even watching? I'm going to log off now. Like, there's no reason to watch. Game over, man. Put yeah. that guy in. So, a lot of blowouts, but man. It is 1 1, though. It is 1 1. It is 1 1. That's all right. It is 1 1. It is nice. So, you know, blowouts have been a super thing for the playoffs this year. Um, and I guess you could say we could take the three point shot for that. Cause somebody had brought up a point, like, you know, back in the day, you could be up, let's say you're in the second quarter, you're up 25 or 20. You pretty much have the game one because you're people are only scoring mid range, or maybe if you get a bunch of air ones, you might be able to come back. But now with the three point shot, like a 20 point lead is not safe. And we saw that mm-hmm. in game one. And then in game mm-hmm. two, it's just, once the team gets up, it's just, you know, it's curtain. So uh, this has been a series. I would say each game has been like his own game, own game within it. Uh, so I wanted to ask the guys what were their thoughts of the first few games. And uh, Zoo, I'm gonna start with you. The the Jason Tatum shooting percentage, man, doo doo. It's been mm. doo doo, man, doo doo, man. First game, like they got away with it because Al Horford was freaking cash money hero, man. <laughs> Al Horford, Derek White, cash money. So all the role players stepped up. Marcus Smart. So all the role players hit threes, man. They got yep. bailed out. Like, they balled out. Like, legit, the Golden State game plan was just fascinating. They just didn't guard anyone from three. Yeah, Like, the defense didn't really respect them at all. They focused all their attention on Tatum and Brown and let all the role players get pretty much wide-open looks without, like, any contest. It looks like practice shots. Yep. Like, I ever saw a stat, like, Al Horvath, every, every shot distance was, like, seven feet between him and the next defender from three, man. Like, anybody, That's like, PK. I don't care. Yeah, dude, this is, like, you're an NBA player. Like, you could be completely – Bad at three, but if you get open threes like that, that's cash money. So I don't know the defensive scheme for that was going on, but man, they obviously made some adjustments in game two and, and locked down the role players. But yep. man, it's just the role players right now. Because mm-hmm. Steph Curry difference. right now, because you're looking at Steph Curry right now, he's not playing with a single other all star on his team currently. Clay Thompson, at, at is not, level, yep. yeah, Clay Thompson is not playing Ooh. like an all star. He's been Brutal. atrocious shooting, really Take, taking bad shots. Like, I don't know if mm-hmm. some of these shots he's taking. It's just like he gets the ball, he just jacks it off because he's trying to get in rhythm. He's taking awful shots. Draymond Green game one was like terrible. It was terrible. It was just terrible. The dude, dude shot, shot like one for 12. Two for, like, 10. Two for 10. Like the dude had <laughs> awful shooting percentages. And like they're giving him all this space. Like everybody knows the game plan with Draymond Green. Force the guy to be a scorer because the guy doesn't want to score, man. Guy wants to be a passer. Guy wants to do his dribble handoffs with Steph Curry. Like that's all he wants to do. So that like he's a massive liability on offense, along with Andre Iguodala when he played game one. Like when they had that lineup with Draymond and Iggy, man, that was a tro- no Steph Curry. You had Draymond and Iggy. 
and just like have two liabilities out there on offense. So just like that offense was really, really bad. Good thing like Iggy got injured. Like I feel like it's a he did hit it. He, he did hit that nasty three like right after coming in. I was like, oh, oh he's back, baby. Max oh, Kellerman's no. gonna blow up right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, <laughs> oh my lord, that dude's such a liability, man. But like, yeah, they got Garrett Payton back now, so he pretty mm-hmm. much Big taking addition. the. He's pretty much doing the Iguodala role, playing defense, no offense, but he's just pretty much younger. So it's very interesting because Steph Curry is a one-man show. This will be his most impressive title just behind his supporting cast because I feel like he's playing with no true other all-stars. He's playing Mm -hmm. like an MVP right now, Mm -hmm. averaging 30 points a game in the NBA Finals against the team that locked on Kevin Durant. The same defense that played Kevin Durant. That dude Mm -hmm. making 26 points on awful efficiency. Yep. Steph Curry's dropping 30 points a game right now. In Getting the triple teamed half the time. Yeah, man. Dude, the scheming, man. I don't know about the start of game one with the with the drop coverage, with the open three balls, getting 20 points in the first yep. quarter. But they have obviously made some adjustments in game two, going higher on the pick and roll. But Steph Curry, man, he's been putting on a show, man. And if he continues this pace, he easily finals MVP because easily. nobody on that he's, nobody on that Golden City team has played like an all-star. No. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, the... The thing with Curry, too, and I, I kind of noticed this just watching, I guess maybe more so the beginning of game two versus game one, was yeah. Steve Kerr kind of made an adjustment. Like you said, Zoo, the Celtics were kind of like just backing off Curry for some reason in Weird. Q1 of, of game one. Weird. And it allowed he was just taking all the shots, right, because they were open to him, and it's yeah. Steph Curry, so why not? But I think, like, looking back, it actually hurt the team in the long run because nobody else got going early. They didn't get into the flow of the game. And that's not to say Curry was making bad decisions because he was wide open. But in, in quarter one of game two, they were moving the ball around. Curry might have only taken two, three shots in the first quarter there. I know I think he ended up having 10 points, got a couple at the line as well. But they were allowing everybody else to get a feel for the game, which just opened up Jordan Poole, right? Had, you know, a nice game. Um, you know, Wiggins was kind of doing his thing. Hell, they even put Bielitsa in there. He actually got some minutes in game two. Um and I just think it helped with the entire flow of the Warriors offense because they're always moving, man. And if you watch the Celtics in game two, they were not moving at all as a team. They were Derek White took 13 shots, man. Too many. Let, too, too many shots. Jalen Brown, five of 17. Tatum had a good game from three. He actually went six for nine. Yeah. But he was two for 10 inside the arc. Are you kidding me, man? I mean, th- those are the shots he has to be over yeah. 45, 50% on. And then his three point game can fluctuate game to game. You know, but putting up 28 in game two was big. He had no help in that game at all. No one could get it going. But, man, if they're only getting 20 a game on 37% shooting or less from both Brown and Tatum, they're not winning this series. No matter how good Horford plays or how good Smart plays or Derek White, they need one of those two guys to really step up and have a Steph Curry Finals MVP performance, man. Because right now, you might be able to argue that Jalen Brown has a chance at this MVP more than Jason Tatum if they win. They're both at a poor level of play right now, so it's kind of wide open. Jalen. The, the 13 yeah. assists, man, that was big in game one for Tatum, just getting his facilitating going, too. That was big for him. Yeah, he did show it. Uh, he did open an actual part of his game that I guess a lot of people would question is his yeah. ability to assist the ball. And realizing um, that he wasn't making any shots and just yeah. like, okay, I'll get everybody else going. And it worked. Yeah. Um I feel like this is, you know, this never happens, but I feel like because everybody's been harping on Steph Curry not winning finals MVP, that if the Warriors lost, it would it would be hilarious if Steph Curry still won finals MVP just because, like, I know that never happens. But, you know, the old like Jerry LeBron, West routine. Yeah, like uh, when LeBron would have all those huge, like, the, I think the first, uh, 
I think it was the first championship they won with LeBron. Yep. Like, you know, Iguodala stopped him, but like he was had those crazy <laughs> he stat just, lines. He just like, led. He, he just it. led the series in points, rebounds, assists. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, casual. Yeah, it'd be hilarious if that's how Steph got his Finals MVP. Uh, like if he if he got it in Boston to win the series. But I I do think with Clay, it has been pretty alarming how bad he's played. Uh, that last game, it just looked like he was just trying to find his rhythm. He was they rushing out there. Yeah. He was he rushing. Couldn't get anything. He couldn't the drop so you know we all know he has the capability but am i going to bank on that in the next couple of games i'm just on the game six. Them going on yeah <laughs> well yeah if they get to if they're up three two maybe the game six clay comes out but yeah. you know it, in in this in this series i i really can't get a grasp because on one hand you could say golden state has controlled the series because they controlled the basically the first game until the fourth quarter and they just let that go and then in the, this last game they controlled it and they won it so you could say, if you're a Golden State fan, saying, look, we controlled this series. We just gave one bad fourth quarter. But then if you're Boston, you're like, no, we came back in the fourth quarter in the first game. And in the second game, we kind of just, we already won the first game. So we're like, ah, oh, who cares about second game? So we're going back home to Boston. Uh, like I say, I think it's key if Brown and Tatum can have two games where they're both cooking, it just looks like they're the better team because to Zeus' point, Steph doesn't really have any help. Like Draymond, what I don't get about Draymond, bro, is <laughs> – Everybody knows what he's going to do, what yeah. his goal is to do. And people still fall for it. Like they yeah. fall for his tricks, his running around, his flopping and hitting people. And the one play they had, I think on ESPN was on a loop where he was just like basically like pushing players into like the, yeah, he does a lot of that after he gets an air one. He loves flexing on. No know, matter who it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, but he just, he, he just has this knack to get under everybody's skin. And, yeah. you know, to his credit, it works for him. So, but if I'm Boston, I have to – you got to be better than that. You got to know, like, Jalen Brown's like, he's trying to pull – well, he's, yeah, he's trying to pull your pants down and that crazy because that's what Draymond's <laughs> trying to do. He, like, Zeus, he can't score. Like, he can't get his own shot. He's When he shoots a three, it looks like it's like the oh. – like it's like a push shot. Kevin Hart, get it. I always have to remind oh, you, Kevin Hart beat him in a three-point shooting contest. It's supposed <laughs> that, to be a, supposed to be a joke, and he yeah. lost. And, and his numbers put, have see, gone he, down since, man. If you look at his stats – his attempts cut in half after that. Confident, year. confidence killer. <laughs> and you know what else? Uh, Kevin Hart did. He blocked Kyle Lowry, which is hilarious. Ah, uh, also the so, demise. <laughs> that might that might have a correlation. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, with this series, it's hard to it's hard to give a grasp on who has control. Uh, I would say right now, just because Boston's going home, Boston has control. But if you know the Warriors come up and maybe Clay shows up in Game Three, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, the Warriors have this type of control back in the series. So. It's going to be interesting to see what the role players, how they perform. You know, they always say role players perform better at home. So maybe Al Horford has some more threes in them. Derek White does some things. Uh, Marcus needs to get going. Yeah, Marcus is – I don't – I mean, I know he's a defensive guru, and that's what his he was tasked to do with Steph. But, I mean, everybody always two, says – He got two points last game. Yeah. That's unacceptable. He's, I think he, He's not scoring. His mentality, I think, might have gotten crushed a little bit when he almost blew the lead for his team in Game Seven against the Heat. I, th you know, they might have said, "Look, man, you're you're here to do these things, and if you get an open shot, you get an open shot." He's not forcing it as much, but I think that they need him to do they that. They need him. They need him. They to need him to do player. it a little bit. Maybe not in the fourth quarter with two minutes yeah, left. Yeah, but, taking a bunch of shots. That's but, the thing about Marcus. Yeah. He he does too much though. Like I think he's trying to. He has a problem with. If you notice, he he'll he'll get like if he makes his first three, he'll get trigger happy and forget Tatum and Brown on the court. He'll just start yep. shooting it. Like, but they actually kind of need that now because, you, like you say, with the up and downs of Tatum and Brown, if Marcus can get two or three threes to get going, you know, offensively, that could help them a lot and be the difference in the game. Because, like yep. you say, with the Warriors, 
I can't bake anything. Like right now, it's pretty much Jordan Poole bust. Like you're waiting for Jordan Poole to have a big game, and right, you know, he had a little nice spurt in the uh, game game two, but banking on him to be that corner, that second player, and I guess you could say second option for the Warriors, I just don't see it. So, you know, with Boston, we know two bona fide guys and Tatum and Brown are guys that you know can go get buckets. So if they could just have a game where they're consistently doing that, I think they could they could win this year. Like I said, I got them in six, but um if i was boston i need you need to win these next two home games yep because you i can't think go if back to split, two. yeah if you split then there's a good chance it's probably go seven and i'm telling you steph can only make he'll make two threes in game seven and the roof is going to blow off <laughs> yep. like it's just going to go crazy and i don't know if boston can overcome that so if i'm boston i'm thinking in the mentality of we need to get these next two games so yeah, you know that's that's going to be an interesting part of the series but you know for me selfishly i'm hoping it does go seven because um <laughs> I just I like more NBA basketball because after that it's going to be uh, what golf, hockey. Yeah. I mean, hockey will probably be done too. Baseball coming up, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. and dude, those Golden State Warriors runs in the third quarter though. It's just so predictable. It happens yeah. every third quarter. It does. No matter what. It happens every third grinder. quarter. It's crazy because historically in the past, these are the KD Warriors with Steph. Now that was just Steph Curry with a bunch of role players, and they're still mm-hmm. doing this in the third quarter. And they're yep. just blasting the roof up, double-digit leads every single time. Guess the Celtics team, and they're obviously know about it. They know historically <laughs> about it, and they've been outscoring the third quarter like historically in the playoffs right now, especially this playoff run. So I don't know what adjustments they make, but after half them, I don't know what happens. I just don't know what happens. You, just, you know Steve what? Kerr. I don't know. First Those half, rage mode for Steve Kerr, yeah. Like first half, back and forth, multiple yep. lead changes within like five, five to ten points every game. And then, and then, like, the third quarter is like a blowout. Like, it happened both both games so far. So, I'm just like, I don't yeah. know what adjustment a dope can make because you know it's happening. You know well, they're going to make that run. They kind of go on that run when they, you know, start back with their starting lineup, right, which includes Rob Williams when you think <laughs> about that. And I think – I know he's averaging, I think, two to three blocks in this series, and he's been big maybe around 20 minutes a game. But this Warriors team, they move so much, man. Every single player on the floor, even Kevon Looney, he's just coming up setting screens, you know, setting back screens down on the baseline for Clay or Curry. Yeah. That, and, and I think we even saw he, he didn't play, Udoka didn't play Rob Williams as much in the second half in game two. And it put a lot on Horford, who got exposed in the lane as a shot blocker, or, you know, that being his quote unquote role when he's the five on the floor. And so I don't know if Udoka should it's like it's a tough place to decide against this Warriors team specifically to play Rob Williams for his rim protection ability mm-hmm. or take a gamble on Horford or play him both, however you want to do it, or go small. I, I think that's kind of the conundrum he's in at this point as the head coach. And for a for a first year head coach doing this in the finals against one of the most <laughs> dynamic teams you've yeah, ever great. seen, yeah. and probably the most dynamic team in the past 10 years. Uh, it's tough to it's tough to make those adjustments and make those calls, but I do think that decision on how he plays his big men is going to continue to play a big role going forward in this series. You got to play Rob, I feel like, because yeah. when Looney, like it's same thing with Bam last series. When Rob wasn't in, Bam ate. When mm-hmm. for, like for Looney, when Rob's not in, Looney's more effective. Yep. Rob is the neutralizer, like you say. Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year, but Rob Williams is the key to that defense, and if he he's not on the gassed. floor. Yeah, because he's because he's playing so many minutes, and I, and I also think too he uh, he's on the floor, so they always say when you're on the floor, you're healthy. But Rob Williams, if you just no, watch him, he, he, he don't healthy. look healthy, dude. He don't. He looks like he's laboring. Like when he falls, he's always like getting up yeah. slow. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of tough to watch sometimes. It's so. off a torn meniscus. 
Yeah, like he saw a torn meniscus and came back and came back in the playoffs. Yeah. Like this is hard, like hardcore basketball, physical basketball. You got Lonzo Ball of the Bulls and not just missing <laughs> half the Don't year. Don't even bring it up. And this brother comes back and comes back in the playoffs. We have man, history and become with that a contributor. Derrick so Rose like, did the same thing. So, so I'm just like, yo, this is a significant injury, and this dude come back and he's giving his team as much as he could give him right now. So, and he's giving he's giving three blocks a game right now in the playoffs. Yeah. So, like, it, even in limited minutes, he's still making an impact on defensive. But obviously, he's not completely healthy, 100. percent But yeah, which can be wow. a detriment when the Curry gets in the lane. It's easier for him to step around. I don't know. It's tough. But with Clay yeah. not getting going, this series yeah, is wide a, open. I think that man just help off a of Clay, man. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, they might run maybe more double teams against Steph Curry, man, or Straymon to be more of a playmaker and see what he could do. Put the ball in his hands more and try to make him be a scorer. Like, yeah. don't even help on Draymond. Make, make, make Draymond drive in and do a layup when the help comes in, man. Just make him do that, man. Make him yeah, make, make a play. Make, yeah, make him flex on you, man. I don't know. <laughs> flex, man. I, I saw the, I saw the L. I saw the Al Horford flex, man. I yeah. saw that. Play. That was just like, okay, okay, I can do that too, yeah. man. 26 yeah. points. If Draymond, first. if Draymond drops 15, 16 on you, all you can say is good game. Yeah, you have, have to a just nice be like, day. all right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> you, you guys got it. Because if Draymond, if Draymond, I'll put it right here. If Draymond in any game that he gives you 15, 16 points, the Warriors winning a blowout. No matter what. <laughs> <laughs> that is what we've got. To, like the, the status we've got to with Draymond. If he gives you 15 or more points, the Warriors are probably blowing that other team out. Because yeah, somebody's because been raining threes and he's got the yeah. lane wide open probably. Yeah. That's the only way. And, he, and before we move on, you know what? It's so crazy. Like that finals that they, the one the uh, Cleveland Cavs came back, that was 2016 or 17? 2016. Didn't Draymond go like six for seven, seven for seven? Yeah, from three he had 32 like points. How in insane game. was that? That was only a few and years then, ago. 2017, I think, is that, isn't that when he played Kevin Hardzoo in the three point contest? Insane. <laughs> I'll never it's forget crazy. that. I'll never forget. He like that. went for it, man. Just lost it. So, yeah, we're going to see. This series is, is, is teetering both sides. We're going to see. Uh, how they play tomorrow. I think it's at 9 p.m. Another gripe I have with the NBA. I hate that it comes on at 9. It's West just, East Coast, so man. Good. Yeah. When teams, like they got to have, so the yeah. Warriors fans aren't at work watching the game. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're going to see how the series goes. So we're going to uh, tune into that. But we're going to get into now Jabari Smith Jr., who is a hot commodity for the NBA draft. Uh, more of a 6'10, small forward, power forward center, whatever you want to put him in. He's a wing guy. Um, and, you know, he's been having a lot of talk about being possibly the number one pick uh, with his skill set. Um, I know a lot of people have been talking about Chet, but it's kind of been between those two. So I wanted to kind of ask the guys, uh, first off, their thoughts on his game and where they could potentially see him landing. And people, I'm going to start with you. It's tough, man, because I think we all thought Chet might be a good fit for the Thunder. And, you know, mm -hmm. but there's also with his, you know, Suggs history, possibly going number one. But I do think Jabari just as a fit overall. Um, I do think he'd fit well in, in Orlando. Um, I know they have a lot of big men down there, but they're always trying to expand their three-point game. And especially if you can add a 6'10 guy who I know he's not shooting. I think he shot maybe 85 threes at Auburn, something like right around there. But he, he shot, shot like a, 44, yeah. About 44%. He shot, he shot 42% from three. 42%. Yeah. That's, that's, that's impressive. And if you can pair that up with, to Zoo's point a couple weeks ago, I think he's, he mentioned that Wendell could easily play the four down in Orlando. And if you could put Jabari in at the at the five position, and he's stretching the floor, I mean that's that's at the pretty five. Yeah, I don't know. You might Jabari. He's six ten. He's six ten, but at the five. I mean small ball. Five, I mean it's small ideally, ball. Yeah, ideally, yeah. like if they were to draft him, I think ideally you would have like a bigger type five, and then up Jabari at the four. 
Mm. But I mean, if Jabari ever expanded his dribbling, which I'm gonna let people finish his point, then he could maybe be a three. But I think, yeah, it's it's come it's gonna come down to how much he can adjust to the league. One, he's if he wants to play the five, which I do think if the Magic play, I mean, if you, look, if you have two guys like Wendell and him, that's not a shabby backcourt or a front court frontcourt at all. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, on rebounding purposes, I do think he could work on his game a little bit there. Um, he's relatively shifty for his size, but I do think if he wants to really make it as a big man in the league, he does have to bulk up a bit. I mean, you got to see probably in that 230, 235 range at 10, 15 pounds. But if he can stretch the floor for a Magic team that's got some solid young guards, I think you could say, maybe yeah. not necessarily one that's a standout compared to the other. Suggs kind of had a little bit of a down first year. Cole Anthony's Colby White on steroids, I'm going to call him that. You know, he's just very streaky. Um, that, you know, I think they just need some consistency and having a guy like this that you can rely on offensively and still is a big enough presence in the NBA to make a difference on the defensive end. Um, I don't think you can complain for a team that really has nowhere to go but up. I think that's the biggest thing is they kind of have to splash. And that's mm -hmm. this is the biggest decision for them. But look, man, no team's going to turn down the opportunity to draft Jabari Smith. So if he falls and he doesn't go number one, Chet does, you know, or for some reason, Boncaro. Whoever's at, you know, two, three, Thunder, whoever, you're not, you can't go wrong with Jabari, man. He's just kind of the hot commodity, like Sean said. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cause the physicals, man, 6'10, 220, man. He's got yeah. the NBA body already, man. NBA body. NBA skill say he's a 40, 42% three point shooter. Yeah. I see him. He's, he's the definition of an NBA stretch for him. I think that's yeah. his role in the NBA. I don't think he has the guard skills of being like a wing type guy that can no. like obviously create off the dribble and do all that. But as, I think as a stretch four, man, complimentary player in the lineup, man, yeah, this guy can spot up at drain threes, man. But, man, 17.7 rebounds, obviously rebounding, man. I don't think he's the greatest rebounder. Physicality on the defensive end, I don't think he's got that. But I, think, I feel like offensively, NBA day one, he can make immediate impact just by shooting the basketball and having a pull-up jump shot. Yeah. And I don't know about, I don't know about these, these NBA uh, GMs about fit or where. I'm about, I'm about taking best player available, man, regardless of position. Yep. You figure out the fit later because you're trash mm -hmm. right now because you're in the lottery. <laughs> you trash. So all your guys are tradable. You got no untradables on your team. So yep. if you're a good GM, you can always trade for better assets. So who, whoever thinks the better asset, because Chet, Jabari, these guys are all like not consensus. None of these guys are consensus. No. It's not like a, it's not it's not an easy draft, man. It's not an easy draft. You gotta do some due diligence with this draft. So Jabari Smith as a complimentary player, man, a Rashard Lewis looking dude. That's mm. what it looks like. Rashard Lewis's role on the Orlando Magic, man. The stretch four guy that get drained threes at an elite level. That's why I feel like the type of role that this guy could play off a complimentary big in the a big guy in the middle, complimentary stretch four. So I feel like if he does that role in the NBA, he's worth easily worth a top four pick. Yeah. I, yeah. That's why I think comparing or pairing him up with Wendell would be so because well you know Zoo watching him in the got, he does not yeah. have a shabby mid range game he's got a nice oh, Wendell's, game. Wendell's got a nice jump shot nice jump yeah. shot so I think that pairing if you have both of those guys on the floor you got to take one big man out of the lane to guard Wendell at sometimes and then you still got Jabari Smith out at three I mean that's pretty ridiculous you know I think that's a pretty ridiculous lineup but it's all on. How the magic handle it. Yeah, because I don't, they I don't got, know if I trust it. Because <laughs> they got a lot of like the similar type dudes. Like Jonathan Isaac, very yeah. similar, long, lanky dude. Hasn't played in like five years. skills, like. multiple injuries. Like when he's mm -hmm. when, like, he's he's definitely a prospect. And they got Mo Bamba too. He's a free agent. So like yep. not sure what they're going to do all, the, all these guys. Because these were all top 10 picks. 
Mm. Like these are all top ten picks that these guys had in the last. They've had a lot of top ten. Picks. Oh yeah, in the last <laughs> decade, man, they had a collection. Not none of them were superstars or right. even or even all stars. So they They're, search it right now. So they can't they can't mess, be messing up these picks. They kind of remind me of Sacramento. Like Sacramento never seems <laughs> to get like in that spot where they can get like yep. a game changing guy. They always are like right outside of their spot of where. They oh no, get, they like, had opportunities. Well, they, they did mess them up. Yeah, they had opportunities. You know what's crazy? Somebody, somebody was saying Vlad. There was like a back channel. Something happened. Like something with Lucas Camp and Vlade. Like they, they both like disagreed. Both camps were like, "No, we're just not going to deal with each other." And that's why they took Bagley. It was something mm-hmm. going on below that. Which I, but still, I don't know Wouldn't how you me. figure that out and just rectify it and be like, "Who cares?" Uh, let's just take Luca. But besides that, uh, you know, I don't think Jabario lasts this far. Uh, but I kind of, when I was thinking about, you know, me, most people were saying he can go to the Magic, you know, Thunder, whatever. He's going to be in the top two probably with picks. I kind of like his fit with Houston because of, if you watch their center they got, they got him last year, Singoon. He's kind of like a burly kind of traditional yeah, center. Traditional 16, center. 611, yeah, traditional center. 6'11 center. So I don't think he would be in the way of Jabari. And I think with their guard situation with Jalen Green, um, now, I feel like they do need a point guard, but they got a nice rotation of Christopher Green and um, I always forget his name, Kevin Porter Jr., those three guards in the back. I think that's a nice, solid foundation of guards yep. that you have. And with Jabari, I think it would just open up the lane even more for Jalen to just drive and go crazy. Because like you say, Jabari brings a type of you know shooting skill that you know he could spread the floor and he also has the ability to – now, now – but. College basketball, I watched a little bit of Auburn just in terms of like even before the tournament with how they played and their guards were really bad. But Jabari, when he was forced, like because he got put in a lot of positions where he would get the ball at like seven or six seconds where he couldn't, you know, you have to make a quick move. And he doesn't have it now, but he kind of has a a little bit of a dribble game where it's like, okay, it's not awful for a big guy. Like he could dribble a little bit. Now it's not superb where you can put him at the three. But if he were ever ever were to develop that just it, for it to be average, then that could really be a nice fit with Singoon and Jalen and all those guys in the backcourt. Uh, because I just feel like you then you got Jalen Green or not Jalen Green, but you got Jabari moving around the perimeter, moving around the mid range. He operating that. You got Singoon a- anchoring down at the post, and like you say, you got Jalen Green on the perimeter. We all know he's a scorer and he's going to end up probably scoring twenty five a game. So I kind of like that fit, and I think from from what everybody has said, like he's a leader, like he's a hardworking guy who takes the game seriously. And I think down in Houston, you kind of need that because even with Houston and their exciting young players and not saying Jabari's going to come in and be a leader from day one, but if you have a foundational piece, who's got that type of attitude, maybe, you know, he's able to lead by example and it kind of gets all those guys galvanized. Cause with OKC, I feel like all these guys can fit well with OKC because they just play a lot of young players. Orlando, yeah. I hear your point, people wish about Wendell, but I, I just I feel it's like a mash it, up there. It, yeah, it's just kind of a little bit of a, a carbon copy. I feel like Jabari's got a higher ceiling to be a better Wendell. So it's like that would be interesting if they both could play on the floor at the could same move time. Him. That's like, the other thing. To Zeus, you could move Wendell. Yeah, you could move Wendell. Yeah. If and Jabari's that him. Guy, best player, man. You could, you best could player move available. Him. Um, yeah. you can end up potentially moving him, but I kind of want to think outside the box and see like maybe the Rockets could be a good spot. Now I don't think he gets to the Rockets because I think he goes in the top two. They my question for, the my, too. my question with you, man. They got Christian Wood. He's pretty mm. nice. He's a nice young player, man. He's a nice young oh, player. He's on a cheap, very cheap contract. He's making thirteen million. I think you move Christian Wood if you can get Jabari Smith. 
Thirteen million dollars a year for Christian Wood. Seventeen and ten. Seventeen and ten. Stretch four. That's solid player. Yes. Very productive. Uh, player. I move Christian though. I think Jabari can be better than him. I, I, I will say, and I got. I, you I could probably get something decent for Christian. You could yeah. definitely get. Something they could move too. something. He could help out a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. including yeah. the Bulls. Oh yeah, I'll take. <laughs> yeah. But I do. I do got to yeah, say, we, this. we ain't got yeah. no power forward in our roster. No, we don't have a single one. You know who? Jab- you know who Jabari's related to though. Hmm. You know his cousin. <laughs> Kwame Brown, man, cousin serious? of Jabari Smith, and all I've got to say is, man, he does not have the hands that Kwame Brown does. He's definitely got much better. I thought that just absolutely has hilarious, a man. Mentality too. Just running in the one, running in the family. Congratulations to to that family, but you know, putting two guys in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this guy's got a way better skill set. To you guys' point, I do think he'd be obviously better at the stretch four. But in this current NBA, you can kind of play the, whichever way you want. But mm-hmm. The way the NBA is kind of shifting is anytime a certain position or a certain aspect of the game gets overlooked, you see the teams that end up being successful in, you know, maybe two, three years down the road are going to be the ones that adapt and start bringing back good centers because they're going to just dominate you down low. Not saying it's going to create a championship team in a year or two, but I think with less centers in the league, you see even AK, right, Zoo, he sees that they need some height and some defensive rebounding ability because you can take advantage of half the NBA by putting a guy like that in there. So not saying Jabari is a great rebounder or anything like that, but just mm-hmm. big men in general are going to be getting a little bit more traction now. Uh, we're going to be sticking uh, to mainly NBA for the most part, sprinkling some NFL stuff too as well. Make sure you guys follow us on uh, Instagram at bullheaded underscore pod. Uh, it's also the social for Twitter. Make sure you follow us on YouTube at Quantrill Knows. Um, we're on all the DSPs, spot our major DSPs, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and for me, Zoom and P Bush, we're out.